Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We are fresh off of our evening with medium events. So that wraps it up for 2018, but we do have our 2019 evening with medium events tickets on sale. The dates are April 26th, August 23rd, and December 13th. You can pick those up just in time for Christmas at buysarlo.com. If you're looking for some stocking stuffers or a small item for under the tree this Christmas, we have coffee mugs available on that website as well, buysarlo.com. They have the logo Coffee with the Sarlos and Sips of Sanity for anyone that would like to enjoy the show drinking out of the mug. And they're $15. We also have gift certificates available at any denomination. They can be given and received from anywhere in the world. We do our sessions via Skype, FaceTime, or telephone if you can't be here with us in person. And Sips of Sanity is a podcast series we have that is short, just brief, 10-minute shows. There's five of them. They air the first Monday of every month. They have a theme around emotional and spiritual intelligence to create a toolkit for you. They're also available at the same website, by sarlo.com. Wonderful. So today we are moving on. As promised, December, we are talking about heartwarming stories. Mm -hmm. I have another medium story, Kelly. This one is about two people that came in as clients. These are humans. They're walking in the door here at 691 Laurentian. And they came to talk to their uncle slash dad. I want to lay a little foundation here to the story because it's not as important as the the main issues that came through that their uncle dad, his name's Lucas, so we'll just go to Lucas now, wanted his niece and nephew to know and for us to share today. But Briefly, he came to them in this lifetime because of a death of his sister and brother-in-law in a car accident. And because of their death, he decided to raise his niece and nephew that soon quickly changed to my son and daughter in terms of his own mind because he wanted to see it as these are my kids. And you're going to hear the lovely, beautiful story of how this single man who stays single his whole life by choice to help these children and eventually be these gorgeous adults that are sitting in the treatment room with me learn and understand what a beautiful example and quality he is as a soul and as a human being and how he affects every aspect of their life. So Lucas starts it by showing me his hands and tells me that he works with them and I am watching him at the beginning because as mediums, we often see that. And that means to me quite often that they're a handyman, meaning that they do carpentry or mechanical work with cars or something. You know, I work with my hands. But he showed me he was working on people's bodies. So I had to wait. I had to be, I had to pause for a moment and let him do his thing so that he could show me the love of the human body. At the beginning, he showed me it was through massage. So I watched him showing, you know, massaging a person's body. I can see a table in front of me. And then he starts to show me how they sit up on the table. And he has to do movements with them. And I thought, okay, I'm really confused because a massage therapist doesn't do that. So when I explained it to his kids, and I said, I don't understand. I'm so confused. He goes from massaging someone to having them sit on the table and he's got to move their body all around. 
And they said, yes, he had been a massage therapist who went back to school to become a physiotherapist. So I thought that was really cool and wanted to explain that today for people so that they could understand how you and I have to take our time in a session. That when they're waiting and sitting and we're just staring at the floor, or we're staring out the window, that we're working. And Lucas is making sure that I take the time and that I pause to watch how his own career evolved. So he doesn't stand and say to me, I'm a massage therapist, then I became a physio. He chooses to actually show and demonstrate it. And I have to take the time and not be in a rush to say something too quickly and then get it wrong. So the kids don't really want me to stay too long in trying to prove it to them. They want to hear his messages. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it is. Because they're not gangbusters just to hear he had brown hair or something. The The affirmation about the career changes is enough for them to sit there and go, oh my God, go. So I get a green light. And the green light for this family of three is deeply and truly all about how they connected to each other. This is the entirety of this show, Kelly. So the first thing he says is that he believed that in order to raise good people, good humans, that you have to touch them. And that at a young age, they have to know what touch means in all the best ways possible. So that they know what boundaries are, so that they know what safety means, so that they're secure and confident within themselves. And I think this is an absolutely beautiful message because quite often people feel what they say is ungrounded and quite often what I see in people as selfishness, striving for too many, I'll say things just to fill themselves up as opposed to being able to sit still within themselves and be filled up within. And you can't be filled up within if you don't know how to respect yourself. So this conversation goes around that he has tremendous joy in showing the kids constantly what being respected means. How you respect yourself by saying no to somebody, how he has to back them up as, his, as their guardian from start to finish. He has to be able to say to them, if someone says, give me a hug as a little kid, he has to be able to say, do you want to hug them? So he asks them the question, do you want to hug your grandma? And if the answer is no, then it simply is, well, then not yet. Maybe you'll want to hug grandma another time. But he gives them ways and opportunities to learn boundaries. He teaches them how to say no's. Not yet's. Never. Don't, don't, even, don't even come close to me. I can't even think of that yet in those terms. Maybe later. And from all of that, Kelly, they were encouraged and taught that they could say those things to the teacher, that they could say those things to grandma and grandpa. They could say that to the neighbor, to each other, to him. And that if somebody came back and tried to push past all of that, I'm your teacher, blah, blah, blah. He then taught them the next set of questions or comments to make that were mature, that were thought provoking. And, you know, he said sometimes he, he had to have their back. They still got into trouble at school. The teacher might say, you have to listen to me because I'm the teacher. But if they came home and said, 
Yes, that's true. I did say that. But, and then they went through and said, these are all the things that I asked. The teacher still made this response or made me. Then he had their back for the right reasons. Then he could go in and calmly say to the teacher, I'm teaching them a process to be able to communicate. They said their nose in these ways. They asked these questions. Can you tell me, per adult to adult now, what you would have preferred me to teach them? So he was constantly seeking resolutions, even with the people who gave his kids a hard time. But he taught them to go back to those people in a calmness. And he taught them when to walk away. He taught them when to comply and be able to say, you're not going to win this one with the teacher. You're not going to win it no matter what. Maybe I can't either. And we have to learn that we don't always win, even if we're right, or even if it's about setting our own boundaries. It's the healthiest teacher I've ever heard about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's real relationships. That's the best kind of connection. Yeah, which goes back to the physio and the touch. And he always wanted to teach every opportunity that he could, where it had to do with the body, where it had to do with respect and boundaries, where it had to do with taking care of yourself, and being able to identify that if somebody else was saying no to you, and this is gorgeous, Kelly, that when someone else says no to you, When there is a flat out rejection, no, I don't like you. I don't want to do it with you. Whatever that no looks like, I'm leaving you. I'm walking out the door. Um, I'm divorcing you. I'm ending this friendship. I'm ghosting on you. Uh, I'm bullying you. Whatever it is and all the different ways that it takes a form that he would say to them, good to know. Now, what do you want to do next? So one of the wonderful things he was teaching them was that rejection is healthy. That rejection is good. It gives you an opportunity to turn around and go, okay, what can I learn from this? And the next step he would say to them is, then what else do you want to do with your time? Isn't that a great question? So if this person is leaving your life, now you've got time. What do you want to do with it? So continuous options. Always. That rejection doesn't necessarily just mean an ending. It means there are so many options that come with the ending. Yeah. Yeah. And as we know that some of the rejection is not personal. It's just about the other person having a choice. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. Because it means that we have the same freedoms. Yes. So we have the freedom to be able to reject others and you have to give them the same choice to reject you. So the company can reject you and fire you. You can go to an interview and they can say no. And what you want to say is good to know. Because there are other options out there. So what are they now? And how can I get focused on them as fast as possible? Because it was about getting back your energy. So from that, he loved to say to them that if you learn about choices, you learn about yourself. And if you can't see choices, if 
you can't see them on your own, no matter how hard you try, then what do you do? And they both replied (laughs) in the room when I said he was saying that you go out and you find it from other people. You read a good book. Oh, that's really cute. (laughs) They've already got the solutions drilled. (laughs) They do. And they both said it at the same time. Yeah. Like, sir, yes, sir. Yes. That's really cute. Isn't it fantastic? And when you say, sir, yes, sir, I think, wow, that reminds me of military, which means discipline. It also means, hmm, I have a big bone of contention with military, but what I did want to say is in hopefully a really good situation with the military, it's also a sign of respect. Yes. And I hear you. I value your leadership. I trust what you're leading me to do. Yes. So you brought it out perfectly. That that is the best part of military. Discipline. Respect. There can be wonderful things to learn in a military experience that Lucas is trying to teach his family. One of Lucas's favorite sayings was choices, choices, choices. And he would say this to them all the time. So when they were little and crying or having a temper tantrum, he would say choices, choices, choices. Meaning you can cry and have a temper tantrum or you could be doing something else. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Because they still say this to each other as adults when the brother and sister are in their own moments of having temper tantrums. I don't want you know, this guy to leave me or whatever. I don't want this relationship to end. And the other sibling would say, choices, choices, choices. Just bringing them right back down into that being centered, Kelly. Yeah, because I don't hear any shame in that statement or any guilt trip in that statement. It's just about a reminder. Yeah, a reminder that you have a choice to be shamed, to self-shame to allow someone to shame you, which I think people really need to listen to, because we can quite often turn somebody else down a notch in volume. If they're trying to come at us to shame us, we don't always know that we just sit there and let it bombard us. And he's saying, No, 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 you have more control than that. And so what he's trying to do is give them healthy ways to be in healthy control. It's because of the choices, choices, choices comment that got drilled into them so much that both of them could see careers that way too. And it was something he didn't intend when they were tiny, but it's something that came along as a fringe benefit of teaching something like that. So both of them were able to go into careers thinking, hmm, I might go to university and I might study one thing and I might learn one job. I might become a therapist. But what would my other choices be if I went into therapy? I could write books, I could be a public speaker. Kelly, it was great because they would look at a career to see all of the options within the career. So if I'm going to go into firefighting, then what are the other things I could do if I went into firefighting? Could I still write a book about my experiences? Could I still go around and do public speaking? Could I change my careers and do something on the side on the four days off or the three days off and have a second career, a hobby career. So what he did was he instilled in them the belief of looking at the bigger picture of things too, that through choices, you get to see 
more of your life. So, so far you're hearing that quite a bit of their session has to do with listening to Lucas talk about how he raised them and the different things that he valued in raising the two kids and the fact that he calls them his own instead of my niece and nephew their entire lives. He says, my children. And they said they knew that, that they saw those efforts on his part start very, very young. So it's within the first few weeks that he decides when they're living with him, when they come to live with him right away, that if they're going to stay and live there, that they don't want to keep referring to each other as uncle and niece and nephew. So he sets them down and says, we're going to be family. You're going to want to know that you have a dad person, someone you can trust. And because they can't come back and do this, are you okay calling me dad? Can't promise there's going to be a mom around, but can you call me dad? Must be a hell of a conversation to have when you've lost your sister and your brother-in-law. And that you've got these two little kids and your whole life is changing. So at the beginning of their relationship, Cal, he sits them down because they're old enough to communicate and to understand. So I think he said they were around six, eight, nine years old uh, when they first become a family. And he tells them that he's going to sit down with them every single day and every single week and that they're going to have what he calls family meetings so that he can check in on them so that he can ask them how they're doing, what they need. So he says, here's a list of questions I'm going to ask you because he likes being methodical. And I think he's such a cool combination of being a methodical kind of person and a very touchy-feely person. Well, that's right in line with both of his careers. Mm -hmm. He has to physically assess. He has to know what questions in order to help other people know how to assess themselves mm -hmm. and communicate that back to him. Mm -hmm. And I love how he took that to his own dining room table. Well, yeah, because he knows how to be a part of a team. Yeah. For healing. Yes. And, and for function. And I like the fact that he doesn't leave it at work, Kelly. He takes every single one of those skills and makes sure that it goes into all of his relationships. Some people can rock at that at work and come right through the door into other parts of their life. And it's like they slam the door closed. And while their family might know that they have all of these skills, they're frustrated that they're not applying them at home in their own relationships. It's, it's something to think about this morning. He said that one of the things he told them when they were sitting down at the table was that they were not happy and that they didn't have to be and that he wasn't expecting it of them, but that he was expecting them to say when they felt unsafe, when they felt upset, that was okay. So he would sit down and say, upset's good. I understand that you're upset. I'm upset too. I understand that you're mad. I'm mad too. I understand that you're frustrated. I am too. And I understand sometimes that you could be happy because we're going to go get burgers or we're going to go and do something fun. So you could be happy for a few minutes, get out there and then be mad while we're out trying to have fun. I get that because I feel it too. So he broke down how complicated grieving is and told them this is okay. You feel it, you both feel it, and I feel it too. And it's going to be messy here.
because all three of us are feeling all this mixed up shit. Yeah, let's also just point out, though, that no one's grief was more important than the others. Yes. Because some people would sit there and say, me too, but their grief is more important or bigger than, and they become the focus. So they had a little thing in the house, in the car, everywhere they went, that it was okay to recognize and to identify if you were having your moment. And that quite often you could all agree and go, yeah, me too. And all three of you might be sitting there in all of the same messed up feelings, but that they would all just acknowledge it. And he'd go, what do we do? What do we do? And they'd all go, we breathe. (laughs) And again, in the room, the two of them sing it together. We breathe. Just like that. And it wasn't, um... It sounds like a Disney movie. (laughs) Oh, it was so cute, Kelly. It was so beautiful because you have to remember that what he's showing me is when these two are six and eight and I've got two people sitting in front of me in their 40s and I can see them in their 40s physically sitting in front of me singing together. We breathe. It's good. They know how to fish through their own toolkit and grab the right tool. Yeah. And he would say to them, we breathe together and sometimes that's enough. So we're just going to have a moment and breathe together. And sometimes they would touch each other. They would hold a hand. They would put a hand on the back. They would put their one person would put their hand on their knee. They might do something that was touched. But if the other person said, please don't, then they just moved their hand away and did not feel offended. They did not go into their, you rejected me. Remember that whole thing? That you can deal with rejection. It's okay. They're setting a boundary. They're in their own stuff. You don't take it personally. So they learned all through their life what not to take personally. I I just, that's just such a massive, I don't even know how to put words to that, Kelly, because we are so conditioned to taking everything personally now that people can't even drive their cars without taking it personally or park without some people going into a full rage with another person and wanting to get out of their car and beat the shit out of them. Back to our more gentle story. Because <laughs> we don't want to stay with the people that didn't get any of these tools. And I guess that's something else that, you know, they're talking about that they learned in this lifetime is that you have a choice to be around the people that don't get this stuff and the people that do. So one of the things he said to them, he said, Karen, I want you to tell them how proud I am that they've gone out there and created their social structure. They've created their own careers where they have an ability to teach this to their co-workers or to at least have co-workers who are on the same page as them. And I thought, well, that's really neat. So I said to him, Lucas, what, what kind of careers did they go into then? This could be an affirmation for them, but I'm also curious, what are they doing? And he said that his daughter um, went into psychology and that she actually went into working with police departments to do profiling and to um, help the staff, not just profiling of other criminals, like of criminals, but actually to help the staff go through things and through trauma. So she was able to create co-workers who did the same thing. She's able to 
surround yourself with like-minded people and help others get there. So her goal was always to help people get to a place where she thought Lucas was getting his children. So she saw great similarities in his purpose, raising them, and her purpose in helping other people. And that you have choices. If people come along and don't want to be part of that learning, then you let them go. You focus on the ones who do. And I think a lot about teachers. I think a lot about people who have to teach in any regard, who could be very frustrated with the people who refuse to learn or who refuse to be part of a team. And focus on those people and feel frustrated and angry instead of focusing on the people who are standing in front of you who say, I'm here. Don't ignore me. I'm here to learn. So again, choices, 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 right? His son, very much like him, went into helping people as well, but went into medicine and went into nursing and then went back to school to go into to get a doctorate. So took nursing and then became a physician. So in some ways, Kelly, boy, these kids really walked in his footsteps, eh? And I think often since I've seen these people, what wonderful boots Lucas left to be filled. And boy, oh boy, how these two really looked at those pair of boots and said, we both want to wear them. And we have each other to check in and ensure that we're going to. And how much fun it is to be able to call each other up and say, choices, 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 like Uncle Lucas. To ask the questions that he did sitting around that dining room table. And then these two to go off with their own families and to be able to do the same thing with their spouses, their children. Because Lucas taught them how beautiful it is to wear those boots. To me, that's a legacy. Oh, yeah. When we talk about the legacy that we want to leave behind, everything that you're talking about is that, is the perfect definition. I love that. And I think you can apply that to your personal relationships, your business relationships, your business itself. What shoes you want to leave for others to say, yeah, we want to fill them. Oh, I don't even know what to say after that. I think that you've said everything that Lucas wanted to share with them. I think that they sat there and wanted to say thank you to him. They came in to hear from him and to thank him. Imagine booking an appointment with a medium and going in and wanting to say to the spirit on the other side, we came here for a message to give to him. We want you to tell him thank you. We want to say this is what he did for our life. We don't ever forget this. And in the worst business move I'll make, you don't ever need to do that. You don't ever need to book an appointment with a medium to say thank you to someone who has crossed. Yeah. That is your direct relationship with them. Yeah. They hear you. They feel that. They give it back to you. Mm -hmm. You don't need a middleman to deliver those messages. Mm -hmm. People come to us because they want to hear from them. And they don't necessarily know how to listen or observe the message. But for you to deliver, no need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all beautifully said. 
So this whole session, Kelly, was a back and forth of Lucas saying, this is how I raised them. This is what I believed. This was my intention. This was what I saw what purpose was in a life. It wasn't just about being the physio. The purpose was to teach them choices. It was to help them get this toolkit. Well, if you missed Sips of Sanity for December, we did five shows on purpose, and this guy covered a few of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this goes perfectly with it. Well, then we hope that you enjoyed another heartwarming story for December. I hope everybody has a Lucas. Yeah, and I hope everybody can reflect on their own purpose. And if you don't have a Lucas, be one. Yeah, get the toolkit. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have an exceptional weekend.